0: Hello again, and welcome to Killing the Great White Male. We have more of our conversation with Katrina Volbrecht on the topic of pleasure activism, the book by Adrian Marie Brown. We left off last time with Katrina's comment, "I don't have the luxury of saying that they're monsters. That notion that maybe there's more to it than just condemning somebody and walking away. Although I also want to leave space for you know there there are definitely times when we got to be able to be like." no. And, and walk away because we got to preserve ourselves. So like, again, as, as with all of this stuff, there's a spectrum of responses and, and, and what does that look like? But I was fascinated by her point that that's just not, that sometimes that's a luxury. Sometimes it's not for self protection. Sometimes it's, it's a luxury. Um, And, and being aware of that's probably worth some thought. So let's go ahead and dive right back in.
1: Like, I think that when you experience um, very targeted oppression at you, there's a distancing that you need to do, where you decolonize yourself, or um, like I like like yourself, or or deheterify yourself, where you're like you need to separate and give boundaries and be like I need you over there and I'm going to be over here where where my marginalized existence gets to exist, but where I don't have that marginalization, that's where I don't have the right to push those people away. Um, I, I can choose how I engage with them, I can choose how I engage with these issues, but to, to decolonize and de-racistify, <laughs> I don't have great words here, um, that's the work of, of white people, negotiating with other white people what the fuck is going on and why, why they're in such pain around something that is so non-existent like why why they are churning so hard and like um my why desire churning so hard so yeah like am my my desire to push them away is so intense because God, i yeah. don't want to be identified with them and i don't want to um i don't want to sit with them in that space but that is like do you know uh Dove? uh they're a model they're a non-binary model uh they're they're so cool they um go between expressing uh, highly female myths and highly masculine myths all the time. Yeah. Um, But on their Instagram, they constantly engage with very violently angry transphobic people. And while I don't think that anybody has a right to ask anybody else to do that, I do deeply admire people who are willing to sit with the anger and the hatred and the pain that is coming from misogyny, mm-hmm. racism, uh, uh, ableism, um, and and work and work through it to the extent that we're capable of working through it with each other. Um,
0: so I have and, to and say th- an orgasmic yes to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, uh and the sorry, real fast. There's a yeah, really yeah, important part of this, which yeah. is um the very first thing that you read in this book is the introduction, and there's a quote, the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. Yes. And, yes, and to me, I'm like, this is what I want to do as a white person. I want to make it so cool over here in this white world that all of those white people are like, that looks sweet, I want to live there. And then we can build a new world together, you know?
0: <laughs> me the revolution earth i love that quote
1: it's so good it's so vital to to what i've been working towards for so long in myself and in my own work of self-discovery and and
0: so so there's there's that which i've i've honestly been struggling with um like there was part of me that when i got the the reject notice for the phd program i was like cool i can just move to ecuador and i don't have to do this work. Um <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> like I'm out.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs>
0: like I totally yeah. All right. So there's that part of me. Um but I but I also think that it that it is important that we recognize our own and that I think one of the arguments in this book around the, the the need for pleasure as we do hard work is is one we have to hear. Um I'm trying to formulate this. My brain is, um, it, it has to do with, okay. Okay. Part of the delay for me in reading this was I was depressed as fuck. Like, yeah. Like I, I called my therapist and made an appointment because I sp- spent quite a few days, um, over the course of a month, um, being really tempted to get my Tylenol pills out and count them out and carry them around in my pocket again. Um, mm. like it, it really had gotten to the point where part of, you know, part of me is like, well, cool. I'm, I guess I'm not doing this project. Um, what am I then? Cause I'm, you know, my kids are moving out. Like I just like, I have no fucking like, why am I here? Um, yeah. And so it was really like, even when I did finally start to read the book, it was so hard to read because one of the first things that depression kills is pleasure. Yeah. And, and it's in everything. Cause like, I don't want to eat. I didn't want to work out. I like nothing. Um, so it really, I think that for me is the most, like that's the central, like, please read the book, by the way. If, if if you don't hear that clearly enough, it is uncomfortable. And she gives homework. Okay, here you go. Here Here's an yeah. example. All right, this, this homework, I remember this. I hit page 25 after about two hours of reading. Okay, I'm a grad school reader. I know how to fucking plow through shit. <laughs> and I know how to uh, linger on things and just treasure them and savor them in my mouth. I know how to do all of that. And it took me two fucking hours to read 25 pages because I was so mm-hmm. fucking shut down. And and we get to this. She has it periodically throughout the book. And by the way, also in that intro that you referenced, she mentions that you should be masturbating before uh, having an orgasm <laughs> before every chapter. Right, right. Um, which... Well, I will say I indulged in a couple of times um, <laughs> during the reading of the book. It just went, okay, I'm turned on. I'm just going to go enjoy. Um, so there you go. Uh, but this uh, this shut me down completely. This homework on page 25 is write up your pleasure activism lineage. Who awakened your senses? Who politicized your experiences of body, identity, sensation, feeling good? If they are still living, have you thanked them properly? If yes, good. Do it again. If not, reach out. If they are ancestors, honor them with a pleasure altar covered in sticky uh, sticky fruits, sweet smells, sacred water, and thick earth, centered around fire. Gratitude is part of pleasure too. Um. So I read that I read the first line right up your pleasure Activision lineage, and and it was one of those moments where I just dropped the book and cried. Yeah. Because I I don't have one is my first reaction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like nobody taught me that I mattered that way. Yeah. And that it was important for me to matter that way to myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That my own pleasure mattered. It, yeah. And it I had this horrible feeling because I know that I live in a world where it is all about my dick and fucking is all about me getting off and it's all about whether I come or not and it's about whether i feel good enough to come but that's not fucking pleasure right and and i <laughs> i i love this book cuz it actually it articulated everything that's fucking missing from it and so once again i see this this great white male that has to die cuz it's not all about me sticking my dick in something but right. it it's, it it has to be about pleasure and connection and then i so, so i think it was actually that day i i i've been on on a keto vegan diet pretty much mostly for about a year. And it actually helped with a lot of this stuff. I started, I fell off the wagon a couple of times in January. Well, more than that. (laughs) Anyway, I'm pretty sure that's part of, you know, that contributed to all the depression stuff. But, um, so I, I, I was like, I've got this spinach in the fridge and it would taste really good with butter. And that's not on my, the vegan part of my diet but i was like fuck this i'm going to go make a big ass bowl of spinach with butter in it and oh. just eating it was orgasmic mhm
1: mhm
0: and i stood there in the kitchen to eat it i didn't even sit down. i just stood there you know once the butter was melted and i mixed it around and just, and then i drank the the butter juice at the end like
1: mm-hmm. like
0: some kind of blah <laughs> but that was that's how dead i i normally am to the notion of pleasure
1: Mm-hmm.
0: of what's it like to just eat food. I have a major impulse issue. I have major impulse issues around, well, around a lot of things. Uh, food and video games are the two that I've been very conscious of lately. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like that right there is the like, that's what this book is about. Like, yeah. yes, there's a bunch of animals and inse- insects fucking on the cover, but <laughs> but it, it it's about this. Because I'll tell you what, my sex life doesn't feel like that, doesn't feel like that bowl of spinach.
1: Right. And I think I think this is something that, um, you know, it's interesting to I I was wondering if we were going to get into this. So obviously this book is written um, by a black queer woman. Um, And so her uh, she's speaking mainly to an audience of other of other black people and other women. But I think it's really interesting and important for us to talk about um, as white people and as men, because I will include myself in that conversation, even though I'm I'm not a cis man. Um, But the fact that even though all of sexuality in in this Western world that we live in is constructed around the idea of our pleasure, of our getting off, of our orgasm, myself and the other men that I know do not experience deep orgasmic pleasure through their sex lives like the even though the rhetoric is very strong around um the orgasm of the male they're still they're they're so cut off from we are so cut off from our sensual bodies that we're not experiencing the pleasure that we think we're experiencing i i think this is why um sex addiction and sex sex quotas are so prevalent like i've dated uh, mm. Men in the past who really were only concerned with like hitting the sex quota. How many times a week are we having sex? How many yeah. times a day are we having sex? Are we hitting the quota that puts off the check mark on the list of the things that make me a good man, a strong man, a powerful man, uh, a sexy man? I, and like, I feel like every every sh- white guy is walking around with this checklist in their head of because because. The ways that we have privilege are the only ways that we're actually able to tick off the boxes on our to-do list of of achieving the pinnacle of uh, of success as as male beings, right? Like yes. when you're when you've been when you've been divorced from that by society by um, your marginalization, you, you don't even there's you don't you don't have a pen. You can't check off the boxes on the list. It's not possible. Um, But men have this incredibly tiny window of, white men particularly, have this incredibly tiny window that they can exist within and that is just about possible to reach by incredible amounts of self-denial, ripping yourself away from your own instinctual self, uh, denying your emotional needs, denying your your real sexual interests and be like, did I come this many times? Uh, Have I slept with this many women? Uh, do I make this much money? Do I live in this big of a house? And the fact that you can achieve it means that so most of the, the white cis men that I know are focused entirely on that goal because they can see some people have hit it. <laughs> and yeah. So and so the obsession is so clear. Like like um I, I ran into huge problems with this homework assignment too because I, I instantly went into grief. Because I was like you know my and i I had this and then I later had this conversation the same conversation with my mother um who is has spent her whole life kind of looking for alternative ways of existing she was a full-on hippie uh, I think she was nineteen in the summer of love like she uh, follow she was a Yogananda follower for a long time like she has been um, her whole life search, like looking for something anything to to fill <laughs> To fill this incredible void that um, our white Anglo-Saxonness has made for ourselves, uh, where we feel completely cut off and empty, and and I think uh, you know your everybody's mileage is going to vary. I know lots of happy wasps who are like um, they have their families and they had rel they're relatively okay enough, and they wouldn't necessarily identify with this a very deep sense of loss. But I, I come from several generations of very fucked up people who um, really focused on an intense uh, ripping away of all of the pleasures of life. Um, P- Puritans, Episcopalians, people who are <laughs> very dedicated to this idea of, of being good, being normal, being presentable, being right, um and behaving correctly in the eyes of God or whoever, right like there there was there's no pleasure there, there's no, no. there's no stolen
0: pleasure itself was a sin,
1: yeah, exactly. and um yeah the the, the experience of pleasure at all is sinful. exactly. Yeah. so so you wind up with these entire communities who have privilege that they enjoy and yet, have none of the meat of life like what makes what i come like what i've come to understand through my queerness through through my transness and then through the femaleness parts of me is that there is this what what she talked about constantly there's this rich succulent um delicious sensual embodiment of being alive on this earth um, that <laughs> whiteness, capitalism, and patriarchy all collude to become products that we purchase yes. yep. to fulfill, to like that, like that's how we drive. Um,
0: so we get some stale, overproduced right. leftover of pleasure.
1: Right. I mean, it's it's this con. It's this. Um, it's a they're producing a demand. Right. Yeah. Like they they are producing a society in which we need things. And And if you are a satisfied person, you don't need those things.
0: And that right there, there's this, as, as you were talking about, so several things immediately popped up. Um, First off, I'm automatically suspicious of anybody who is, who's happy with their job on wall street. And and the worst part is that they, there are people who that is genuine joy and pleasure for them. You know, there's something fun and thrilling for them about that. Um, But, but you're nailing it. And it's something you said in the beginning, just like knocked me wholeheartedly off on this other tangent of how I like, that is definitely one of the constant discussions um, with me and, and my, my sex partner is how many times a week are, are we having sex? Cause it, I, I don't make it more than two days before I start going nuts. Um, and it's, so it's like, it, like, again, there's that, there's the black hole of depression wanting to suck me in and tell me I'm a piece of shit. Um, but it, so that's going on. And, and the variety in my sex life is certainly not satisfied. doesn't satisfy me. Um, and so there's this, so there's that whole thing actively churning right there. Um, and it, like I, I'm surprised at how often, when when we're, you know, we've we've said yes, we you know we we'd like to stay open for for having sex tonight. How often my emotional internal world will get knocked off, and suddenly I I sex isn't possible, um, right. and it's because it, it, it man. <sighs> Sometimes I wish I could just take the fucking pill that puts me back to sleep. Um, (laughs) What, the blue pill? (laughs) I don't remember. Yeah, I think I don't remember whether it's red or blue, but one of them. Yeah. Um, There's this struggle around that whole thing for me because I often also have to acknowledge that it's like the only place where I'm supposed to feel pleasure is in the act of fucking someone. Right, yeah and that doesn't work for me. Like when it's not mutual, it, I immediately, I'm like, well, I'm out. Um, and so yeah. there's, there's this whole thing and it, I told my therapist this week, it, I constantly struggle with, uh, well, like sexually and, and in life, I'm too much for a whole lot of people. Like, yeah. uh, and, it, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, every partner I I've been with before, my current partner, complained that I was too large, um, and that sex hurt. And mm-hmm. so I was always too much, and, and that happens in other settings too. Because I'm I'm a I tend to be a flamboyant, like overactive, like I'm very emotional, and well, it, it's it's too much. But right. I'm always caught between that and never enough. Like, I, I'm also never enough because I've never been man enough. I've never been white enough. I've never been uh, able-bodied enough. You know, well, what's wrong with you? you know, well, I'm too lazy to get yeah. off your ass? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I could, but I don't really see a reason. I'd rather be dead because life is just pain, princess. Everything, <laughs> anyone that tells you differently is trying to sell you something. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like... I said to my therapist, I'm like, I, I know logically that I cannot be both always too much and never enough. <laughs> but this is what my fucking brain is doing. But that's yeah. very much, that's very much there.
1: And then I started. Yeah, I that's, that's what this system is. Is it, It's a collusion to keep you both at all times. You know, it's, it's what women experience with the virgin horror dichotomy, right? Yes, like, yes. You, you can't. You cannot win. It's a game that has been designed for you to be completely unable to win it. It's, um, it's the function of the game. It's how the game self-perpetuates. The only way to win is not to play. Because
0: <laughs> the only way it keeps going is if we're still hungry.
1: Yeah, exactly. If we, the only way it works is if we, if, is if we uh, capitulate to its rules, which is what I think the central tenet of this book is, is fuck the rules. The rules aren't real. And the rules
0: aren't serving you anyway. Fuck the rules. The rules aren't real. The rules aren't serving you anyway. <laughs> I, it's true. And again, I have to ask, and who benefits from those rules? Because even those of us that wear the, the what I call the great white male mask, the, those of us that have tried to fit ourselves Behind the the paper doll of the of the great white male, uh, we aren't like yeah we do benefit we we'll, we'll benefit from more more than a lot of people from this, but even those of us that that wear this mask of the great white male, most of us don't really enjoy the benefits of it either. The benefits of it are, are reserved for the the Ubers the the Donald Trumps of the world who can say I grab women by the pussy and still get elected president. Um, so. Let's be really clear about this these These rules are a construct. What happens if we if we just stop playing by them? Well, I guess that's the question of the day. We'll talk with you next time.